Hello and welcome to the Magnetic Woman podcast with me, your host, Pandora Paloma, a visibility and business mastery coach bringing a unique fusion of strategy meets spirituality to visionary entrepreneurs across the globe. With 20 plus years of communications experience and five years running my own online business, I help women in the online space and creative industries get seen and scale to their next level. This has looked like tripling their income in a year, getting fully booked in six months, sold out programs and executing five figure launches. Personally, I run my own multi six figure business. And in this podcast, I give you a behind the scenes of how I do this, my life and my method. If you're a visionary entrepreneur, mover and shaker, and you're ready to meet more of your magnetism, welcome to my world. Welcome to this episode of the Magnetic Women podcast. I am so happy to have today's guest, the lovely Sally Hatherley Burns, who I have known and worked with for quite some time. I could say a million things and big you up big time, but I'm going to just like hand it over to you. <laughs> Come big yourself up, tell us who you are and tell us about the portal. Hello. I'm Sally. Thank you so much for having me, Pandora. This is a real honour. Um, obviously, as you say, I've been following you for quite some time and then working with you for a long time as well. So this feels really special. Um, I am the Big Breath <laughs> CEO and co-founder of The Portal, which we now call a tech startup. Um, so the fact that I'm calling myself the CEO of a tech startup still gives me a little bit of the shakes, I suppose. But the portal is our answer to cause creation and community for women entrepreneurs, kind of filling a gap in the market that we really feel needs filling. So this past year has been a journey to the second iteration of the portal now, what it is, which is, yeah, we are seeking funding to create the platform where people, women can create their own courses and their community space. So, yes. I love this. And I already foresee like episode number two in like a few years time when you're like, well, we're now a global <laughs> I Yeah, don't, don't. But I have to say, like, as you know, it's taken me a while to even kind of get to this point where I can put myself on a podcast. I mean, major imposter syndrome, but I think it's time. <laughs> you did you, you did it. So I, actually that lends us so nicely or leans us so nicely into what I wanted to speak to, which was ultimately your, the turning points that got you here. Because actually you've been, you know, in course creation for a long time, haven't you, before, you know, you even set up on your own. So tell us about that. Yeah. Okay. It's a long one. And I've been thinking about this a lot and it, because you don't, you don't realize at the time how many turning points there are, are they? And how kind of you reflect on, wow, actually all of these bits led up to this point. So major rewind is my dad was a software developer. And so we kind of always had devices around the house and kind of the newest technology. And I was always sort of messing around and I was a kid and kind of teaching myself things. And I enjoyed that. At the same time, I think I was quite a kind of switched on kid in terms of, I always felt like, you know, is this really it? I suppose from kind of an early age, it just felt like empty, sort of, I just felt like there must be a bit more to kind of life. And I was quite political, my parents were, and then I wasn't, I felt like I was constantly kind of surrounded and upset by these, what I saw as kind of injustices. Other people didn't seem to really mind as much. And so I think that kind of 
always played a part. And then, um, yeah, I went on to do, I did politics at Leeds. And I honestly, I wanted to be a political journalist. And I thought that that was kind of the start of me doing my bit to help change the world. And it wasn't that. (laughs) University wasn't that. It disappointed me a lot. I didn't fit in. And I started to get quite depressed, basically. And kind of, yeah, sort of partying contributed to that. And after the first year, I came back to Brighton and I met my now husband in a club. And I basically, after that, decided to drop out and I followed him to Bristol and I did a multimedia technology course, which was great fun. Like it was games, programming and design. It was really creative for me and also kind of that technology side. And I just really enjoyed like coming up with concepts and bringing it through right through to the development. And so I guess that was kind of the start of that. Left and went back to Brighton, which is an e-learning hub. So I got a job straight in e-learning and there I was in my 20s, you know, getting better and better at my job, making more money and also like partying too hard at the weekends, you know, early 20s. It was that kind of constant out of balance, up and down. So again, I was coming back to that. Is this really it? So I'd have kind of long periods of hot yoga and vegan food and meditation and then I'd blow it all at the weekend. And so that kind of imbalance and real kind of, at that point, I think you get into your late 20s, you can't really handle it anymore at all, can you? And the anxiety just sort of got bigger and bigger. And so again, I was kind of searching for answers and just sort of landed in my lap was a women's gathering called Sisters of the Wild. Um, it was like nothing I'd ever kind of seen before. And I took myself along on my own. I just really thought this is, this feels like I was really drawn to it. And there's a lot of that sort of stuff now, isn't there? But back then it was really kind of new and brilliant. Obviously there's a lot of that sort of stuff now. And it was so raw and it was so special. And it was women coming in circle in community, singing, dancing, being in nature, barefoot, you know, all the things and women having these amazing kind of this knowledge and these tools to share. And so kind of, I guess in the back of my head, I was always, part of me was thinking, that would be really good as as an online course, basically. And at that time as well, online courses kind of were coming out, you know, then we went into COVID and online course development kind of exploded, didn't it? And all these kind of tools came out. And at the same time, I was kind of working, still doing my e-learning job. A lot of the work was kind of for oil and gas companies, but I was sort of had this other side of me that was protesting at climate change protests. And this one company was kind of flying me to the Netherlands to do this work for an oil and gas company. And suddenly I hadn't kind of connected it before, but that di- this kind of misalignment of who my values and who I wanted to be and my work, what I was waking up to to do each day, I was like, this doesn't feel right to me at all. What am I doing? And my, so we had COVID stroke. I'd, I'd had my first son, Tom, we got COVID and bang in the middle of COVID. And my dad, who I had my company with, the freelance company that I was doing work for, he was diagnosed with terminal cancer, completely out of the blue in a way. That was, you know, from his diagnosis to death, it was about six months. It was really quick, really heartbreaking, um, still is. And I think after he died, it was that really strong sense of, I don't want to wake up anymore and not have, feel like I have that purpose or that drive as to what am I doing and what is my mission? What are my values and how can I kind of do good rather than just kind of that sense of 
just waking up and and doing the same kind of thing every day. So that really kicked me up the bum, I'd say. I just kind of left the freelance work. I decided to go it alone and I decided to help women entrepreneurs, these kind of women that I'd worked with, start creating their own courses. I thought I could kind of help them and advise them. And at the same time, the Expansion Accelerator kept popping up. So group coaching program. And one thing sort of one thing after another fell into place. I started thinking, mm, maybe this is a possibility, like maybe I could invest in this and maybe this is, you know, the leap that I need. And it was, I did, I invested and it was that full body trust in myself. Like I can do this. I can spend this money because I know that this is like the push that I need to show myself that I can. And that's just been a whirlwind since then. I've met even more amazing women. And what came from it was I met Laura and Becca of Stories from Home, who were also part of T, part of the Expansion Accelerator. And I, they were my clients, my first clients of the portal. And the portal was kind of creating these courses and the platform for them, um, kind of bespoke creation. That was kind of the anti what's already out there. So I'm not too sure I'm allowed to say the names. Uh, like say, well, we have Kajabi, Teachable, Podia. This was kind of a more feminine approach and doing it in a way that I knew their audience would really kind of respond with. And they knew too, you know, they really felt like there was a big disconnect in what they were trying to create and what they were using to do that. And I put out saying I was looking for co-founders because by this point, I had a few clients and I was starting to become quite overwhelmed by kind of the reaction and the kind of positive, this sounds great, I'm in. I kind of thought, okay, this isn't something I can really be doing on my own anymore. And Lauren Becker said, we're in, we'd love to be your co-founders. And since then, we've been about a year developing the portal as it now is, um, which, as I say, we're now at a point where we have been creating bespoke platforms for clients and bespoke kind of interactions and courses that go on them. But now we're kind of skipping a step in the roadmap and we're looking for funding to create the platform, the tool so that women can do it themselves. So obviously that's a big leap and a big ask in terms of kind of the investment. So it's kind of like a whole new level and ball game now, um, which is very exciting and very intense at the same time. Um, but so needed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I love that because you've spoken about online courses. I'd love to know what you think about the changing landscape of online courses and almost as well, like the prediction of the future, because, you know, I, as a business coach have, have had hundreds of clients say, you know, I think I'm going to do an online course because in their mind that equals passive income, but there is so much needed and required to make an online course work. You know, first of all, what you're working with, which is, you know, is it user-friendly? Does it tick those boxes? You, I'm sure you've given me stats of like X percent actually finish online courses. What is the stat there? Yeah, it's at 13%, I think is the one that we usually say. So 13% of online courses are actually finished. And yeah, the side that I came from creating these platforms kind of for big brands, it was, you know, you've got to keep people on the platform because the whole point is they need to be able to complete these courses and the company needs to be able to say that they've they've got to the end of them. 
And I was just so aware when I was helping these women create this stuff that like it doesn't, it's not allowing them to do good enough work. They, they're not able to kind of teach in the way that they should be able to teach that keeps people there until the end. Um, so one of the big things is video, not against video. Video is great, really great introduction to you, but constant kind of video after video after video is passive learning. And you're going to get people we live in a world of TikTok, like people are not going to sit there and watch video after video. I'm afraid they are going to open another tab. They're going to get distracted. Mostly they're going to think I'll come back to this and they won't. And then it kind of puts it on them. You, you know, they that's another course I haven't finished. And so kind of that overwhelm distrust in it as well, I think happens. And so what we're trying to create here is like bite-sized pieces of learning that takes away that pressure to kind of create lots of video. And so it's all about kind of little interactions and kind of on the screen. So we would often do something like, so say a great example is like a yoga pose. You know, you've got hot spots on the body and it's telling people different bits and what's happening to the body in that process, for example. So it's not you having to sit there and record what's going on or then a lesson. It's kind of taking the user through step by step and kind of breaking down content for them. So again, it's actually about small pieces of learning and whether that's then reminding them in their inbox or kind of on a notification about, you know, what we covered today or, you know, what you might have missed today. It's just those little bits of learning that get people intrigued. And it's almost like habit forming. And that then also translates well to our audience and those women that are trying to create those courses who have kind of individual tools and resources that you want straight away. So like you want your coach in your back pocket telling you exactly what you need in that moment. You don't want to be digging through piles of videos and trying to search for that one kind of piece of breath work that you knew would help at that point. You know, if we think about apps like Calm or um, Headspace or the Glow app, you know, you've just straight away got something, you know, what's a three minute exercise that I can do that kind of can calm me down? As well as, you know, there's a kind of a community aspect that's that's missing. And I see so many coaches like yourself and other women who are trying to make that work with like Telegram and obviously we have Zoom calls, but it's also disjointed. And it also, it misses the point of what women do so well, which is to create that really welcoming space and a comforting space and to be in circle. And again, that goes back to kind of my inspiration from that Sisters of the Wild is like, how can we recreate that where, you know, we're sitting down, we're in a calming, nurturing space and we're listening to our coach and, you know, it's just totally different. And so, yeah, that's what I'm seeing as kind of what is needed and what is the big change. And it's also what I always see people kind of fighting against is trying to put their tools on an online learning platform and it, it just doesn't quite work. And I just feel so kind of disappointed for them that it's that hard to make it work, that you'd have to have someone like me kind of helping them. Yeah, it's so, so powerful. And it's, you know, it's something I think about a lot and always share with clients. It's like, whatever you're creating, think about how that ideal client is going to absorb that piece of content. Like when I... If anyone knows me when I asked on it, I say this all the time, but I'm going to do this ebook. I'm like, sweetheart, I barely get time to pick up a book, you know, with a glass of wine on a Friday night. Like, I'm not going to sit on my iPad and read a 60 page ebook. 
but record that ebook into an audio and you've got me. You've yeah. literally got me because Absolutely. I can pop it on while I'm cooking my daughter dinner and I've absorbed that content. It's why I think podcasts are still, I mean, for me, it's kind of my fastest growing still kind of marketing platform because people have always got 15, 20 minutes or half an hour to listen to a podcast. But even that, I love Stephen Bartlett, Diary of a CEO, I think it's called, isn't it? But some of those podcasts are two hours long. I'm like, Steve, babe, like... girl's busy like it's so funny but you know it's that isn't it like always thinking about how and I think this is like in general every piece of content you're creating whether that's an online course or podcast think about how that's going to be digested by the person that you want to receive it you know absolutely definitely and I remember like one course I did and she had put it all into audio notes as well and I did it because I was literally every Thursday I went shopping and I had it in my ears And it just worked so well for me. And then, you know, you kind of see other coaches and I'm not, I'm not dissing it. I really not. But a 200 page workbook is not something to like, it's not something that people are going to like jump on board with. It's just not, they just then think "I, I haven't done this. I haven't touched it. I haven't even opened the first page. And then so kind of the guilt and overwhelm steps in and then you get people kind of giving up because people don't like that they feel behind and they then kind of blame themselves and and they stop doing the course basically. And you want people to reach that transformation, you know, the thing that you sold them. And so how can we make sure that people keep coming back? And how do we make sure that people don't feel bad that they've missed a lesson, that actually they're excited to come back to the next piece? I think that's really important as well. I am very briefly interrupting this episode of the podcast to share something really exciting with you. As you can probably hear, Sally and her co-founders, Laura and Becca from Stories From Home, came through my mastermind, the Expansion Accelerator, which is for women looking to scale to their first six figures. I also have another two signature masterminds, the Magnetic Business Method, which is for women at the early stages of business looking to hit their first regular consistent 5k months and expand to seven, which is my most intimate mastermind for spirited visionaries who want to step into leadership authority and their legacy and scale from six figures to multi-six and seven. So at the moment, the enrollment is currently closed. But come September, the doors for all three masterminds will be reopening. And so I am inviting you into any one of these spaces if you know that you are ready to scale to your next level. If you're feeling the feels and the tingling in your toes that that might be you come September, you can head to www.pandorapaloma.com forward slash masterminds for all of the details. And if you want to get a little bit of insight into my world and how I work, I absolutely recommend you heading to the show notes and downloading my handbooks for every stage of business. So one of my questions is like, what could business owners start to be thinking about when it comes to course creation? But I kind of feel like we've just really covered that. Yeah. 
I went let's, in there, didn't I? Yeah, we just, you know, we just snipped that one straight on. Let's go into you then. I mean, it's been such an incredible journey watching you grow. And I put in my notes here over the last 12 months, but that was the 12 months of the expansion accelerator. We'd worked, you know, with each other a little bit before then. And that, I think you probably finished, what, a year, maybe even 18 months ago. So it's been amazing watching that journey. And actually for you to sit here and say, I'm the CEO of a tech startup, like, like warms me in many ways. <laughs> what do you feel like you mentioned earlier, trust in yourself. And I wonder how you've cultivated that trust. Uh, it's an ongoing process. I think the biggest thing is there's an embodiment piece there, isn't there, or a uh, regulation piece, I think. So it's telling my body that I am okay. Uh, so that comes first. So I think that due to kind of things that happen when you're younger, perhaps not getting on with people at school, you immediately feel in your body that, you know, you're unsafe doing certain things. And the expansion accelerator, my business and the where I am now has always been this building trust in myself that I'm going to be okay and that I'm safe. That's kind of been the biggest piece for me and how how do we tell it that we keep it calm, we look after it? I very much see breathwork, yoga, meditation, cardio, nature, resting as part of the CEO like schedule. And there is no way, you know, I've got two young boys, there's no way I would survive and be able to do what I do without those being really boundaried about having those in my day. And it's, don't get me wrong, you know, we're getting this tech startup off the ground. There's lots of late nights and early mornings, but I know now when things aren't working and I need to take a break and I need to tell my body that I'm taking a break and that again, that I'm safe. I still struggle. Like I take big gaps on Instagram or any kind of, this podcast has been a, a big hill for me, shall we say, but the fact that I'm still showing up after all this time is incredible to me. And I think you just grow, don't you? Your window of tolerance grows and suddenly you think, oh my God, I can't believe how far I've come that I'm able to now do this. So yeah, it's like, you know, getting on calls with investors. I can now talk about the portal till the cows come home. Whereas, you know, you get those first few calls and you just think, what the earth am I doing? And I'm hoping that, you know, podcast recording would be the same, that this one <laughs> will, yeah. So again, just telling myself that I can do it and yeah, having a stern talk with myself, but also making myself feel safe where, where things don't feel as like just before this, actually, I did literally about two hours of breath work. So, you know, I have to do, I have the tools and I have to put them in place. So I think we all do. And I think we all have different capacities, but ultimately what supports us to grow into the CEO that we want to be is as a priority, supporting our capacity to hold more, you know, and there's such a narrative of like, it's this or it's this or it's this. And for me, it's in like the most simple things. Like I call it being in ceremony with life. Like before I recorded this podcast, I sat with a cacao and I'd actually had quite a tough morning because I've got some house stuff going on. I had a little cry and then I was like, I just contemplated. It wasn't even a meditation. It wasn't active. It was like, just sit in silence and be but knowing that that's just as important as writing your content strategy. That's just as important as showing up on the call to an investor. In fact, I would say it's more important, you know, because Absolutely. It's, it's yeah. the thing that allows you to be who you need to be. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. It just it's all in the body. The body is the mind and it puts you in the space where you can then do the things. And it's it's what should come first for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. So we've talked energetics, we've talked embodiment. How did you find in terms of, I think it's really interesting kind of your journey with the expansion accelerator specifically that actually the kind of from the idea to kind of what it's become, the strategy, you know, changed and evolved and grew and grew. Sort of what was the journey of that strategy for you in terms of the seed, which was the starting point? And I remember you come and record and you're like, I've had this idea. <laughs> it's called the portal. Can we, can we just, can, can I just sound it out? And it was like everyone in the room was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And just to say with that, like the name, the portal landed as clear as day. Like I just, it's like everything just led up to that point and it came to me. I think, gosh, such a journey. And it's one of those things where you cringe at the start of like, what was I thinking? Because I think at one point I did actually have a pitch deck that I kind of sent to a couple of people. And now I look back on it, and I'm like, yeah, that's embarrassing. But the point is that go for it. It's literally like every day I'm like, let's just move forward and just keep at it. Even if you feel like you're going to embarrass yourself or something, it's just kind of like moving little steps forward each day. But the strategy was, so I took on a few clients that were essentially kind of, we were trying it out together. So they got a really reduced rate of what the portal would be. And then I said to them, like, can you give me, can you give me feedback? Can I kind of take on board what it is that you feel is missing and what's needed? And essentially we, I was kind of creating the bespoke platforms for them and kind of the content that goes on it and making those tools work for them. So kind of little meditations that people could kind of access straight off. And that then quickly grew. And as I say, Laura and Becca came on board and we were doing this done for you service and we were always asking our audience what it is they wanted. And so many women were interested and so many women were saying, this is exactly what we need or what I need. I know I should create an online course, but like the platforms out there just don't feel like me. Plus, you know, I just don't, they're really kind of tricky. And there seems to be lots of stuff that I don't really need, but like it hasn't got what I do need, which is, let's be honest, for it to look really nice um, and for it to be nice and kind of simple and just do the things that you want it to do. Um, so we were kind of always talking to these women and they were coming through stories from home as well. So Laura and Becca's company. And the majority of the feedback was, we really want this, but the price point is just far too high which we were really aware of. And we eventually, it has always been the plan to get investment to create the platform and the tool, but it felt like we needed like more proof of concept. And so, but we quickly sold out that done for you service and it just felt like this is too needed. This is too urgent and immediate. And so we have stopped taking that done for you new clients. And as I say, that's kind of a real pivot on the strategy in terms of we're still like very much serving those clients and we're still using them for feedback. But yeah, now it's very much about getting seed investment to create what they call a a minimal viable product. Again, to all these women that are kind of waiting and that are on our wait list that they can then be trying out and again, feeding back more. And then we're creating kind of that bigger, more special platform that's just for them. So that's been the strategy. And honestly, like Laura and Becca coming on board has been huge for that, really helping me kind of, yeah, 
just bring that vision to life. It really goes to show, doesn't it, that this, even the strategy is always growing and evolving, like the business model itself grows and evolves. And I think that just for obviously, you know, majority of my audience are business owners and often they can get stuck on like, yeah, but but that's the strategy. And it's like, but the core concept was always there. It was just how it was being delivered. And actually that market research, that feedback is so, so, so important. You know, even when it comes to con- that content creation, you know, if you're like, oh, I really want to do this course, but you've done no market research to know that it's needed within your industry, you know, you're going to be wasting your time. So we get so much from, and I think what you were saying of like that starting point, I remember reading something that's like, if you don't cringe at who you were in the beginning, you've done it wrong. Absolutely. I look at like my first like set of photography and I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> like literally like sat there with my hands in a pose, like meditating. I'm like, who are you? Who's that person? But what are we saying here? You just keep moving forwards no matter what, you know? Absolutely. And that's been another bit of the strategy actually is um, really facing up to those mistakes and there's been some shockers and it's not like being embarrassed and not talking about them. In fact, you know, some great feedback that we've had recently from people that are helping us get investment is it's your story. Tell it. It's all part of it. And investors want to see that you've tried and you've failed and you've got up and you've, you know, you've changed the strategy and you've reacted that's just as important as doing the right thing, you know, that you're able to react like that. Yeah, exactly. I love that so much. You know, in essence, any CEO, any brand owner, any entrepreneur is like, I just keep going. I just keep getting up and fixing what's not working and enhancing what is like, yeah, <laughs> kind of simple and staying regulated. So we know what's next for you um, in terms of what the portal gets to look like. Is there anything else for you personally, for the business, for your vision? Like what is next for you? So part of that roadmap for the portal and a big piece for me, it's coming back to that community, that connection piece. It's always been a huge influence to me. And so our kind of registered business name is the Portal Collective. And we're really expecting this platform at some point down the line to be kind of this marketplace of resources where we're sharing content with each other. You know, a coach like you is able to say, actually, I want this coach over here to give, put a module into something that I'm creating. And, you know, it's kind of this really like brilliant thing that women do where we're all supporting each other and standing on each other's shoulders. And this kind of just real stepping back from this constant competition marketing, money driven. I mean, we all want to make money and I definitely want women to make money, but it's about the serve, kind of not the sell. And it's kind of just changing that environment. And I think that's happening in general, isn't it? That's softening. We call it, we're calling it like we're softening the knowledge economy. Like we want to create a different environment where women are supported and they're supporting each other. So that's the big vision. And that's where that girl that felt out of alignment a while back is now feeling like she's got that mission every day that she wants to be fulfilling. I love that. And I really see it as like softening in service as well. Like I speak to this a lot, but like we are a service-based industry and for a moment there and hands up, like I definitely was definitely involved and got kind of lured into it, but it was very much about like, I'm going to help you make money. I'm going to help you make money. 
I'm still really into that because I love seeing women build wealth, but actually where's the service? And I think this is everything that you're talking about. It's like, I'm going to help you finish that course. You can actually receive and experience the transformation that we know is available to you. You're only going to do that if you can digest that content. And it's so much can happen when we actually fully follow through and go all in with the thing that, you know, we know is going to support the change. And that's ultimately from anyone who's creating those courses, like really putting the service in service, like I'm going to serve you, you know, I feel like there's been so many times where I've kind of thought, well, I could make more here if I let more people in, for example, like I could sell the magnetic business method as a standalone course, but I don't want to, because I don't want you to just go through the modules and then still feel lost like you did in the beginning, because you've not got the support of someone in real life, in real time, supporting you with your mindset stuff and whatever else is coming up for you, you know? So it's, there's that piece as well. Like that is community, isn't it? And service. Definitely, definitely. And I think those courses that are just created and you kind of sit in a vacuum and you do them on your own, you know, that loses that kind of nuance and that individuality of each person who is all doing the course, but in a completely different manner and experiencing totally different things. And that's where, you know, that coaching side of it and having someone on hand is kind of such an important piece to this and that kind of peer-to-peer relationship and having that that support and community and being able to say, I'm having a shit day, what can I do about it? Yeah, those courses don't provide that. So it's about changing that space and providing something which naturally, you know, we have had thousands of years where we support each other. And why can we not do that on the online space as well? Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Final question. What does being a magnetic woman mean to you? Again, find this one very difficult. I don't always feel very magnetic, but the more that I am on this journey, the more I realize it's that person that I always knew I could be. And it's removing those blocks that are stopping me from being that person. And I, they, those blocks are dissolving you know, slowly, but they are. And I feel more me by the month, I think. So that is magnetism. (laughs) So lovely to hear. So lovely to hear. Where can people find the portal? We are join the portal on Instagram and jointheportal.com is our website. Um, Yeah, we're just at the minute and sign up to our newsletter, obviously. At the minute, we are very much kind of giving people nice tips and tricks on how to create good online learning but we will be talking more about this investment journey um just because as well you know we're three mothers of six kids as i say you know we're changing the landscape is what i like to think you know we're showing that you can do it differently and that we can do it but you don't have to be burnt out and hustling all the time you can stop at 3 p.m and collect your kids and you know, take the weekends nourishing yourself. So we'll be sharing a lot more of that as well as those kind of tips on course creation. Love it. Totally changing the game. (laughs) Yes. I remember saying, and just to the audience, like when the concept of the pause was presented and, you know, then it was sort of being thrashed out and it was like, well, what about this? What about this? And then I remember saying to you like, Sally, this is like just the beginning. It was almost like, wow, this is going to be huge. And so I definitely feel that it's going to be a part two. And I don't know when that's going to be, but it will be like, oh yeah. So now we're like, and who knows what's going to be, but I know it's going to be huge. You're amazing. And I think, I mean, obviously just the level of support that all three of us have had from you over the years and just to show how much 
that again that's needed and i just want to create a brilliant space where you can do that even better because it's just been life-changing for us so thank you (laughs) so much love so much love thank you so much for being here today thank you i love you